Encore with Shannon Fogarty. Arts and entertainment for the Midlands. With the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Imagine the possibilities. DeanCrowTheatre.com Happy Thursday evening and welcome to Encore on Midlands 103 with Shannon Fogarty. This is the Midlands dedicated arts show bringing you the absolute best of what's happening in the arts in Leash, Offaly and Westmead. To get in touch, you can pop me a text or a WhatsApp to 083 30 10 103. You can follow us across all of our social media channels, which is at Midlands 103. Or if you want to take part in the show, you can email me encore at midlands103.com. So what's coming up tonight on the show? Well, an Awfully Native has just won an IFTA award for her nominated for animated short, sorry, called Soft Tissue. Neve McGrath will be on to chat about her hilarious show, Gombean, which is coming to the new Esker Arts Centre tomorrow night. And I will be joined by Hot House Flowers, who are performing at this year's Forever Young Festival. But to start off the show, I have something very, very exciting. So I got the chance to ca- catch up with some students from Moat Community School on winning Junk Couture in Dublin and being able to progress to the World Finals in London this October. So here's how that chat went. The winning design at the Junk Couture Final in Dublin was hashtag tagmate, which was designed by Eva Donlin, Evie Nugent and Maeve O'Shea of Moat Community School Westmead. And I'm very, very excited to be joined by them and their teacher, Miss Pamela Clough, right now. Hello, girls. How are we? Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on winning up in Dublin, because I know now you're heading to London in October. So um, I'm going to jump to Maeve. Tell me a little bit about the design and what the material was used to create it. So the tags are from a company in Athlone called Delta Cube. And basically, when a company purchases their plastic, they provide these plaques of tags to, like, sample the different colours. And there's so many colours. There's, what, blue and yellow and orange and pink. There's an array of colours. It's very colourful design. every (laughs) colour. And I know there is a picture up on the Midlands 103 website of it, so if anyone wants to know what it looks like, they can head over there to see it. So I guess... I'm going to jump to Evie. What was the inspiration behind the design? So we drew our inspiration from an artist called Mazzoni and we looked at a lot of his work and there's lots of different patterns that he used that we tried to incorporate into our dress with all the different colours. It was his um, work includes knitwear. So, but yeah, <laughs> that's how we tried to incorporate that's that's amazing. I love how you came together with that. And I guess how are you like all of you, how are you feeling about having won and knowing that you're going over to London in October with your design? Um we couldn't believe it. We were so surprised. But um we're delighted and everyone else is so happy for us as well from the school and our family and friends. Yeah. That's so sweet. And how long did it take to to create the design? Um well we started kind of early on in the year we were coming up with just different ideas I suppose and then properly started around November we started kind of pulling together um, a few of the tags and then starting to sew them together and it only really started forming and coming together after Christmas is when we started really seeing the full results yeah that's incredible so how did you stick them together is it with glue that it's stuck on or how did you how did you 
how did you do it basically <laughs> no so basically um each tag they didn't come with any holes in them so we drilled 12 holes in each tag and then hand sewed them together so in total i think we used around 2500 tags you can just imagine drilling all them and then sewing them. It was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that takes yeah. a bit of time. And did you do this during school or was this all done after school? Um, we kind of, yeah, both. We kind of balanced out the time a good bit. Yeah. Um, we we had to come in over um, was it Easter and to create Christmas yeah. as well, yeah, to try and get a few things done. Yeah, and staying till six o'clock every evening and you know, different things like that. You've put a lot of effort into it. So I'm just going to jump to your teacher, uh, Pamela Kyo, real quick. Pamela, how are you feeling after finding out that your students had won this award? I'm, I'm delighted. It's hard to believe. Like we, we got to the finals last year as well, so I really wasn't expecting it again this year. So absolutely thrilled and delighted for the girls. They put in so much work. Brilliant. So I know junk couture is all about sustainability and recycling and that. So how do you think it's impacted our, our awareness of it, especially the younger generations in your in schools? Um, I think it makes them more aware of what's going on and it makes them look at waste products in a different way. Like what can we use things for? How can we change it to make it look like uh, something else? And I suppose pieces that are just rubbish to everybody else, uh, we try to make them into something beautiful. And over the years, like we've used everything from egg boxes to bicycle tubes to plastic bottles, seat belts, everything, you know, anything and everything that we can get our hands on, we use. And what do you think are the, some of the benefits of participating in an event like, like Junk Chore? Um, well, there's endless benefits for them, but the, the students themselves absolutely love it. And it's one of the things that a lot of them uh, say that they come to this school for is to participate in Junkature when they get to transition here. So I think it's a team building, confidence building. Um, it's just an exciting experience for them, really. Oh, I, I love that. So how was the school's reaction when they'd found out, when everyone in there found out that you'd won? Um, I'm delighted. Um, kind of was done, you know. We, we probably didn't go up there thinking that we would get this far again. So everybody is delighted. It's, it's just great, yeah. It's a fantastic thing. I'm delighted because I actually currently just moved to Mo. So, so to say that this has happened, I'm just delighted to say that I live there. <laughs> but, uh, oh, very good. I know. I, I love the area. So I guess Junkature and sustainability, that encourages a lot of creativity and innovation. Do you find that that's happened with this design? And do you find with the girls that they'll have that aspect moving forward with different projects that they'll take on? Well, I hope so, because at the present, I'm making not just this group, but any of the groups that were in Junk Couture for the year, they're making um, jewellery now out of their waste materials. So I'm trying to get them to um, come up with new ideas and how this can be. Maybe some of the dresses, you know, we're not going to wear uh, out, but if we can make jewellery out of them, it is something then that could be used again. So that's what we're working on now. Oh, I love that. So I'll jump back to the girls just lastly, just how... Um, how they're feeling about heading over to London and how they found the whole experience. So, girls, what did, what do you think of the whole thing? How did you enjoy it? Uh, it's just so overwhelming. We really didn't think that we'd get this far. Like, if you told us in November when we were sitting down at the end of the art room, just sitting in our like, sigh. Yeah, we definitely wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> we were so surprised. Even, like, 
um, hearing us, we were called out first and the um, list to go through, we couldn't believe it. There was a big drum roll beforehand and then they said tag me, we couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. this is incredible. Does this kind of get um, any of you wanting to, you know, move into the fashion world and to create more designs? Yeah, it has, like, from ideas on us all to, like, go into fashion. Yeah, definitely. Seeing the process of the dress being made as well, it really was interesting. And nice to see it going from a few tags to, like, a full dress and then getting to London and everything else. I suppose as well for the students, it's not just about maybe um, a future in art, but it can go um, anyway. And like a lot of the dresses would have kind of engineering um, problem solving pieces in them where there's things moving or how they fit. It's, it's different than working with fabric. Um, it's a lot different. So you have a lot of other kind of complications that you have to overcome. So I think the students would have benefit uh, basically from problem solving in that way. It, it is and it's an incredible opportunity for them to learn as well but all I can say is congratulations I'm absolutely delighted for y'all and I know you have an Instagram account as well so if anybody wants to go and look at the pictures that you have of what is your handle? Underscore underscore tag me underscore underscore Brilliant. Girls, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Thank I really you. appreciate it. And we'll be waiting to see what happens in London in October and we'll have all the candles lit for you and we'll send you the best of luck. Thank you thank so much. Thanks. Big thank you again to Miss Pamela Kyo, who was a teacher over at Moat Community School, and also to Ava, Evie and Maeve for coming on and telling us about this year's winning junk couture design. Sticking with the design, up next I am joined by an IFTA award winner for best short animation right here on Midlands 103. Midlands 183's Encore with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Live theatre, drama, dance, music, comedy, musical theatre, panto. Your home of entertainment for all. DeanCrowTheatre.com This is your Encore on Midlands 103 with Shannon Fogarty and I'm very excited to have an IFTA award winner join me. Kleena Noonan has picked up the prize for Best Animated Short at this year's ceremony in Dublin. Kleena, thanks for coming on the show this evening. No problem. Thanks for having me. First off, congratulations on this incredible achievement. How are you feeling about it? Honestly, I still can't believe it. Um, Yeah, I mean, the film, it's been nominated for other awards and it's been doing the festivals for about a year now. But this is the first win we've had. So, yeah, it's a bit surreal, I think. So your your piece is called Soft Tissue. So I guess the idea and the story be- behind it, what, what is it? Yeah, so really it's, it's about this father-son relationship. Um, I mean, all my films start, I'm, usually I'm just drawing things that I'm interested in. Um, and this was the same with uh, the other films, just, uh, really, I started drawing surgeons with medical masks, and that the story evolved from there. And I guess because I've seen the the preview, I guess that's up on your your website, and you've stuck yeah. to a a blue color scheme. Is there a reason for the color? Yeah, I mean, like I said, with medical masks, honestly, it's that that color of a medical mask. It's funny because I had the idea for the film before COVID but then I ended up making it during lockdown so it proved um, yeah, to be closer to reality than I had thought 
That's but very I really like to set limitations for myself because I think it's it can be daunting when you can make anything. Uh, so I just chose let's stick to one color, and the film goes from all shades of the one color. So I know back in college I would have done a little bit of animating. So I can understand that there is a good bit of time that goes into creating pieces like this. So I guess how long did it take you to make this and how long is the piece itself? Yeah, so the film is about eight and a half minutes and it took about a year in total to make. So I would have started it, uh, I made it in Burr as part of the offline animation residency, which was six months. Uh, that I lived in Burr and I was working on the film. Didn't finish it by the end of that, but uh, I took a bit of a break and then went back to it. But yeah, about a year for eight minutes. A year long to make it. That's incredible. Uh, And it's done very well. So you should be very proud of yourselves. And you have other bits of work up on your website as well. What is your website? Just so our listeners know. Yeah, it's just cleananoonan.com. And yes, Soft Tissue is my third film, so I might, it's not online yet, but you can watch my other films, they're online, and uh, yeah, like short short projects and long projects as well. So what made you decide to submit Soft Tissue? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not the first film I've made, but maybe that's the reason I, I haven't... Uh, gone for the Estes before because my other films it was you know my my grad film from college and I made a film pretty much straight out of college so I honestly didn't think of submitting uh until this one I had seen different people I went to college with who they were running with their shorts and I thought may as well (laughs) may as well go into it and see what happens you never know and look what happened (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which is a brilliant achievement. Yeah, so mad. what got you into doing this type of, of work, this this animation? Yeah, I'm well I've I've always loved drawing, really. That's I guess that's what everybody says, but there was something about animation. I don't think I even knew what animation was when I went to study it. I just knew I liked drawing and I obviously liked watching animated films. And then I went, studied in IADT, and it was really through studying animation that I learned about, you know, independent short films and bad stuff that I wouldn't have even been aware of. And that's really what made me fall in love with it and want to make my own shorts. And I know watching an idea that you have come to life is an amazing feeling to have. So what was it like after your first piece that you created how was that feeling once you know that it was up and people could see it yeah it was definitely terrifying (laughs) the first time seeing your film on a big screen uh, because usually I'm making it on a laptop uh, you know in a room alone (laughs) and then suddenly you're in maybe like a cinema pretty much and it's a hundred times bigger than you've ever seen it and usually the colors look weird and the sound is kind of off and you realize, oh, I need, to, I need to test that next time. <laughs> but it's definitely, it's nice to be in a room and hear people's reactions. And especially now, I mean, people might end up seeing the film a year after it was finished, uh, but they're seeing it for the first time. So it's nice that it lives on even after you, I've finished with it. 
And I guess with the music as well, do you have um, the main say on how that is or do you kind of send the piece off to someone and they watch it and put and I like music to it? Yeah, so I've actually worked with the same composer for since college. We um, we got paired up in college and yeah, it just clicked. So it's Maria McGrath is her name. But for Soft Tissue, I actually like to involve the composer way at the start. So even before I fully had the idea solidified, I asked her to send me music that she was making for herself. And it fit in with the theme of the film. And we really worked from the beginning. And then we brought in a sound designer, uh, Own Kelly. But it was, it was a year with them. You know, it wasn't just I finished the film and then sent it to them. It was very much a collaboration. That's, that's lovely. And I know soft tissue kind of touches on mental health and well-being. So do you think that it contributes to the conversation of that? And that's what you're hoping that your audience will take away from it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I set out to do that from the beginning. But what's nice about animation is it's not so literal. So people can can give their own meaning to it. And there's there's no dialogue in the film either. So it's it's definitely open to interpretation. But a big part of it is, you know, the power technology has over our lives. Uh, because the main character, he's really what he wants is to um, recover this relationship with his son. But he ends up using technology to try to save him and then gets lost along the way. And the technology is gives him this... Um, this relationship really, but it's, it's not real. So that's what we're all dealing with, uh, especially today working from home. And I've, you know, I've been working from home <laughs> since 2020. So yeah, I guess that all ties into it, definitely. It is, and it's sometimes tough when you're working from home when you don't get that interaction with people, like heading down to the kitchen and making a cup of tea and having a chat with yeah. someone there. So I can, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. So just to kind of take it back, in the, within the whole process of creating soft tissue, what would have been your favorite part? Probably, yeah, probably I a would tough say, question. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so long. I would say the probably the story stage. So, you know, I mentioned that I was on um, on a residency. So I would have applied with a very loose idea, but I definitely didn't have everything figured out. And that was that was a struggle really to think, am I is this story making sense? But the fact that I was doing that stage on the residency. I was working with two other animators um, who they were making their own short and I was making mine. But we were all sharing the same studio space and as part of the residency, they got mentors in to talk with us. So it was just very, very much an ex- exploratory stage. And I really had that time to, to work out all the problems and, uh, you know, ask people who were around me how to how they interpreted it you know because later on when it got to animation then it was more just me sitting down you know finishing it but the the beginning was definitely the most fun 
And I guess it's it's lovely to have that creative space and and freedom to kind of ha- go to those mentors and to the people that you were with and and throw out the ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's trying to recreate that feeling of when you were in college and you just, I think you t- t- take for granted how how much support there is and then suddenly you're not, <laughs> you're not, you know, surrounded by people every day. So I definitely, it's all about just, yeah, reaching out to even friends and I would have Zoom calls with them because it was locked down for a, a point and asking their, their opinions and, you know, that's what made it fun. Well, it's nice to get friends and family involved in something you're working on. So after winning an IFTA award, what does the future hold for you now? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I'm hoping I'll get to make another film. Hopefully the IFTA will help me to towards doing that. I've got some ideas that I'm starting to develop, so we'll see. That's amazing. And look, we're very, very excited to see the full piece. So as soon as it's up online, you'll have to let us know so I can let my listeners know so they can go and watch Soft Tissue in its entirety. I will, definitely. Thanks so much as well for asking me. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. If you would like to watch Soft Tissue, you can see a preview up on Kleena's website, kleenanoonan.com. Um, after the break, I'll have Neve McGrath, who will be on to chat about her upcoming show in the new Esker Arts Centre that will leave you in absolute stitches right here on Midlands 103. Encore on Midlands 103, your arts and entertainment for the Midlands with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Imagine the possibilities. DeanCrowTheatre.com You are back with Shannon on Encore here on Midlands 103. And if you are looking for something to do this Friday to kickstart your weekend, then there's nothing better to do than head down to the new Esker Arts Centre in Tullamore to see Gombean by my next guest, Neve McGrath. Neve, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. So how are you feeling about performing in the new Esker Arts Centre in Tullamore tomorrow? Well, I am so excited. A brand new theatre. Oh, my God. I tell you, it is. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> so and it's, it's a brand new show going to a brand new theatre. Brilliant. And it's, a, and it's an amazing theatre. I was in it myself. So you are, you are in for a great team and a, and a great venue. So you're bringing Fantastic. your show Gombane. So from what I've seen online from the clips, it is absolutely hilarious. So what is the story <laughs> behind Gombane? Well, it's it's a story about Grace O'Malley, known as Gombean in the town. So she runs a, a coffee horse box. So I got inspired by the idea during COVID, uh, during the lockdown, when I was working with my friend who actually bought one of those little coffee huts. And I just thought, you know what, that's a brilliant place to set a play. It's kind of like the new pub and it's a great place for community to hang out. And I'm from a very uh, small town in the west of Ireland, in Scrone, County Sligo. So I thought I'd call the town Finchestown. And uh, yeah, set it there. Now, so she was a very good former wrestler back in her teens and uh, a tragedy hit and unforeseen circumstances. And she had a big, like she wanted a huge career in America with the WWF. And she feels her arch nemesis, Ruby Stevens, stole that from her. So anyway, she has her eye on the prize of a, there's a tournament on in the town and uh, it's her way of, of seeing uh, a way out of the debt that she owes. So she's going to, she might go for the tournament, but her arch nemesis is also back in town who had made it very big as a, as a WWF champion. 
and there's loads of characters in the in it. There's about seven characters who live in the village. Her best friend Gwen, uh, who is an AA daily dipper, and uh, yeah, so there's loads of and and then there's a, a, a bride, an over the top bride who she has to cater for at a wedding, and you know, and she has her own trials and tribulations and demons that she has to kind of fight through. But it's all done with loads of heart, loads of laughter. And uh, loads of fun, and it's pure daft. Uh, like every, I thought it would be more suited to women my age, say. But across the board, I've been touring since January around the country, and I was even in Listowel last night. And men are laughing, I think, even more than the women. Do you know that kind of way? Like, because there was a man in from Cork last night that was an ESB man, and he just happened to be going past. It's probably one of the oldest theatres in Ireland, St John's, beautiful old church in Listowel town, and uh, he just happened to come in and look at the architecture. And he realised there was a show on and uh, the artistic director said, come in, great show. And he stayed and he, we ended up in John B. Keane's pub and having a great laugh after. So it just, it's from all ages. Youth theatre has been coming. Um, so it's been like nine to 90 basically coming to the show and really enjoying it because it's really modern. It's it's very now and uh, yeah, it's, there's a lovely light touch to it. And I'm delighted with the feedback I'm getting because I've gone to about 27 venues around the country so far. So of the tour, Esker is my second last and then it finishes in Sligo where it started. So it's been a fantastic journey and uh, I'm thrilled to bring it to Esker, I have to say. Oh, and I'm sure they're absolutely delighted to have you. So I guess you're on stage by yourself and you're jumping between these characters. How do you differentiate between them? Well, I guess (laughs) I I only had about two and a half weeks of rehearsals with Seamus O'Rourke and he is just phenomenal. He's a genius. I've always been a fan of his work. And actually, I met him last year in um, in Terry Flynn, and we became great friends. And I asked him, would he be, you know, would he consider uh, directing my one woman show? And he, I just learned even more from him. So just like because it was just me and him and uh, a stage manager in the room, I guess you just become really concentrated really quickly. And it's so important you have to define each character with accents, with characterization, so there's no confusion whatsoever for the audience. And for me, that's my ultimate play. I, I love multi-rolling. I've done it for many years, you know, and in shows and it's my favourite kind of, I love the, the physical comedy of it. But it's very important that they're, they're, they're spot on, you know. Like, so it just takes a good big, about an hour long warm up every night. It's like an athlete before the grout playing football. I suppose. You warm up the voice, you warm up the, the body and you make sure that you're, you're ready to, to play each character yeah, as uniquely as possible. So I guess it's a little bit like having multiple personalities. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. So it's no harm to be a bit mad then. Probably works. <laughs> a little bit, it, it does. I mean, even even on radio, it helps to be a little bit that like, like that as well. Uh, so where did, where did the idea for this play come from? Well, yeah, just in a scone from where I'm from during COVID, during the lockdown, when I was working for my friend in her little coffee hut. And, you know, like during lockdown, everybody, you know, there, at one point somebody asked, she's where are all the poor, the poor horses going? There's nothing but horse box coffee sh- shops, you know, set up everywhere. And they're still around. And I just, I just love the idea of that. Set, and it's a lovely set. And it's um, a great man from Drumahir who who built the set for me. And it's, I have a van, so it all fits down neatly. And I have a, a fantastic technician on the road with me, Philip McIntyre, who runs the, the corn mill up in Carrigallon. So it's just me on stage. And then Philip does the, the light and sound and helps me set up the, the set. And that's it. We rock and roll. It's like a little circus <laughs> that we take out every, every couple of nights a week. And uh, it's just magic because you just get to go to such phenomenal venues around the country. 
and run by the loveliest people you're ever going to meet. And the audiences are warm and friendly and lovely and they just want to be entertained. And that's what my job is. And I, it is the best job in the world. And I'll be very sad next week now when the tour finishes, I have to say, you know, because I've had an absolute ball. Um, but that's where the idea came from. Now, when when I got a short residency with the Hawksall Theatre in Sligo, and little did I know that it would have grown legs. So I did three nights in Sligo in the Hawkswell. And after that, I got two weeks in the Viking Theatre in Dublin. And after that, the tour kind of took out, looked after itself. It just, everyone just wants a little piece of it. I guess it's it's new writing. It's it's brand new comedy. And um, it's wonderful to have a one-woman show out there as well. And uh, and it's, I feel very proud, you know, that it's, it's, it's very much set from where, my, where I'm from in, in Sligo as well. And uh, yeah, so I... I a lot of rev- um, you know, uh, a lot of nods to different Irish, Irish Sligo culture as well. Like and yeah, so. but it doesn't matter that you're not from Sligo. It's rural. That's it. It's all about community and it's full of heart and comedy and and laugh. Like it's universal. You know that kind of way. And there's no better show to bring to the new Oscar Arts Centre. And I can honestly say, hands down, the staff in there are all absolutely lovely. So you'll have an Fantastic. amazing time with all of them there. So I, with part Brilliant. of the show. What would be your favourite part? Now, it's probably a very tough question to ask you. I ask it all no, of my guests. No, it's not actually. No, it's not at all. It's actually the part where I um, I have to play three characters very quickly, having a conversation. And it's like one liner. They're finishing each other's sentences nearly. And to me, that's my favourite part of the show. And uh, I do a little bit of wrestling as well, but I won't say I have a guest star that comes on, but I don't want to give away who that is. Ooh. Because of what that is, but it is always a surprise to the audience, and it is a huge that is a huge laugh and a huge surprise every time I bring this character out. They love it because (laughs) it was it was something I was going to ask because I know (laughs) wrestling does have a little bit in it. So I was going to ask, how do you manage to bring that in? So the fact that there's a surprise (laughs) guest is very exciting. It is, yeah, and it's uh, it's guaranteed laugh like it's every single night. That's one of my other favorite parts of it is that is that reveal and just the the laughter is just brilliant around the audience. I love that. That feeling is great to to make people laugh. That's just a, a, a fantastic feeling. It's something you never get tired of. And like just another part of of my of the show is just that before I walk on and just hearing the murmur of the audience and you're just, I'm pinching myself, going, my God, they're coming to see this show. Do you know, like so. That never, that feeling never gets old or tired either. That's just the best adrenaline feeling in the world, I think, you know. Those little butterflies. There's loads of laughs throughout it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great to have those nerves, you know, as well. It it gives you really focus, you know, to get into the show and enjoy it. And, you know, the audience are with you the whole way and you can really, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's a great, great atmosphere. So how long would the show be on for and what can some of our guests expect other than a, a very exciting, mysterious guest on the night? <laughs> well, it runs for 60 minutes straight through, no interval. And uh, it's, it's just, it's a really fun show to watch, but it's also full of heart and there's even a message. You know, it's just kind of like, it's, it's really human, do you know, that kind of way. And I think people will relate to it. Everyone relates to it because we're from Ireland, a very you know, we're built into culture and, and um, community, you know, and it, everyone knows everything about each other. And, and it's such a funny thing, like as a young person, you know, like going to school, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to leave. Everyone knows everything about me. You know, when you're a kid and you just want to, to travel the world. And now as I've gotten older, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I love where I'm from. I love people knowing about you, you know, because they're, you feel part of a community, I guess. 
And that's what this character, Grace O'Malley, is fighting. She hates that. She feels like she's trapped by this town, you know, because she's never gotten anywhere. And she's a chip on her shoulder about her career has been stolen from her. And then, you know, hopefully you can see, well, you do, you see her, she grows throughout it and changes a bit and, and cops on a little bit, hopefully. But uh, I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, it's just it's just a really fun hour-long show. And I've been getting great feedback around the country about it. And it's still, I've gotten a few more festivals to go to during the summer and stuff. So I'm just thrilled. I'm just so, so happy that uh, it's, it's, it's taken off. And I think audience cause, yeah, oh, I can expect, yeah, laughter and and yeah, hopefully there's a few touching moments as well that you kind of go, oh, and always a twist. There's always a twist that people don't expect as well, you know. So you have to keep people on their toes and go away thinking afterwards, going, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I love like that. any good film, I suppose. <laughs> exactly, and I guess the sense of community—it's yeah. something that kind of relates to me because I had moved to Canada for a few years, and right, it was that question of do I stay here or do I go home, and. I guess home was where my heart was and that community I had, like, obviously I had made friends and everything in Canada, but my family and my heart was always back in Ireland. So in a way, in a way, I do understand that where you're coming from and how you find home. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's just, as you said, home is where the heart is. You do gravitate back to it, definitely as you get older. And that's why it is great go out when you're young actually travel as much as you can and make sure that you don't go oh if only I'd done that now what would have you know that kind of thing but um, I know it's been a great adventure and I love having my own little adventure around the country with the van and gone being <laughs> I love that yeah, so no, much the fact that it's a one woman show absolutely amazing credit to you I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea so if anyone wants tickets they can go to eskerarts.ie make sure you do because this is going to be the highlight of your weekend <laughs> thank you so much Shannon you're so good yeah and I can't wait to see the theatre I can't wait and Sean Walsh who, who runs it I know very well he, w- he would have been the artistic director of Ellen Art Centre over the years and he's a fantastic uh, facilitator he's great lovely man oh he's the nicest I've had him on the show actually he was actually my very first guest that I've had on this show wow yeah I know wow. it's so it's kind of a sweet little circle so it is so when they had opened the new yeah. Oscar Centre I brought him on as well so it's really nice fantastic. to be able to do this and to have you on and to say that it's on in the new Oscar Arts Centre in Tullamore. So that's absolutely oh, incredible. So I know you said that this is your second last show. So what can yes. we expect from the future from Neve McGrath? Well, I tell you, I'm hoping to write it as a trilogy, actually, um, because I've, uh, I've already another idea bubbling away for the second part of, of the show. Um, so that's, that's what's happening next, really, with this with this. And also, I'm I'm writing another show as well. So it's just it's phenomenal. It's just great to be able to. And that came out of COVID as well, you know. Um, just starting to write my own work a bit more, and yeah, having the time to to do it at that stage. But like, and just getting the confidence to do it. To be honest with you, it's just kind of nice to find your own voice and thinking, Jesus, I'm not. You know, you'd be comparing yourself to other people, going, Oh, they're fantastic. I don't think that's that's for me. You know, that kind of way that I'd be yeah. any good at it. And you just, it just shows you, just do it. There's no such thing as can't. I know that sounds really cheesy, but like, there's no harm in trying it because there'll be always people to help if you've got some grain of an idea and there'll be always someone around who's really creative to help in the, near you. You know, genuinely, like there's youth theatres, there's, you know, you know, you know somebody around who can, in the amateur dramatic society even, that would be a brilliant director or a great at fleshing out ideas, you know the way. Exactly. There's, 
Yeah. Neve, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to My us. Pleasure. And very excited for tomorrow night's show. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Shannon. Thanks so much. No really problem. Tomorrow night, get yourself down to the new Esker Arts Centre to have a good laugh watching Neve McGrath in Gombein. You can get your tickets again at eskerarts.ie. We're flying through the show, but coming up after the break, Forever Young Festival is back and Hot House Flowers band member Fiekna joins me right here on Midlands 103. Encore, brought to you by the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. From the greatest gigs to the best community shows, enjoy it all in the comfort of our newly refurbished theatre. Your theatre, our home, deancrowtheatre.com. This is Encore and Forever Young Festival is back this year on the 14th to the 16th of July at the stunning Palmerstown House Estate in Kildare. And I got the chance to catch up with Hot House Flowers. So here is that chat. I am very excited to have Hot House Flowers band member Fiekna O'Brien on. Join me now. Thank you so much. I know I'm taking you away from your meal. I do apologise. Not at all, Shannon. Not at all. It's lovely to talk to you. How are you? I'm very good. I'm, I'm excited to have you on because um, I know Hot House Flowers was formed back in 1985 and you are performing at the Free Every Young Festival this year, which is very exciting. It's very exciting. We've, we, yeah, with the first time they brought that festival to Ireland is a few years ago now, and we were delighted to have been invited at that time. And it was a really great, great festival, you know, great fun. They take great care of everybody who plays. So we're, you know, doubly excited to have been invited back second time. Second time around, which is which is incredible. So I guess just yeah. a little bit of backstory about about the band. I mean, you started out gigging on the streets. How did it go from that to performing in front of such large crowds? Well, you know, it, actually, it's it's. I know the, the kind of the fairy tale narrative that people like to 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 go with is that we started on the streets and then we went in, indoors. We actually started playing indoors first. We, we started playing in the upstairs of a little pub on the south side of Dublin called The Magic Carpet, in April of 1985. And, you know, it was a Sunday evening and a friend of ours knew the guy who ran the pub and we were just able to get the venue and get a little PA and start gigging. And then the summer came and, of course, we we were all on holidays from college or school or whatever it was that was going on. I think for in my case it was school and in Liam's case it was college. And so then we took to the streets, like literally a couple of months later, and started busking. And at this stage, Liam had already moved out of home and he was, uh, he, he more than me was relying on busking to actually be able to make a living. But it not, you know, it ended up being a way to make a few quid. It also ended up being just a way to cut our teeth. And because, you know, with busking, the, the, the bigger the crowd is that you manage to gather around you while you're playing and the longer you can hold on to them, the better you're going to do, right? The more coins are going to come into your guitar case and all the rest. So, I think we, yeah, we certainly, we were fearless. We kind of used to dance and sing and shout and it was a bit like the circus coming to town. And, you know, one thing led to another. Um, We were invited onto the TV uh, because we had won the Street Entertainer of the Year award that year. So we ended up on the Late Late Show. And then, of course, you know, it became known that we had this band as well called Hot House Flowers. And therefore, people started booking us in, in concerts, first of all, at a lot of the university gigs, like the Rag Weeks at the Trinity Ball and all of those shows, you know. Um, and people started getting wind that we were entertaining and good and energetic and started, you know, expressing an interest in in getting the band into a studio and recording. And, and, and that's what happened. We're still at it. 
and you're still at it. And I know you've had a number of hit albums and singles and I know you took a sabbatical for a few years. So I guess how was it coming back to performing and to music after that? Well, it's funny, you know, time is a funny thing. The sabbatical is almost 30 years ago. So, you know, we, we, we spent the first eight years of our lives you know, on the road pretty constantly. It was a very different time as well, just in the world in terms of what it was like being on the road and being able to keep in touch with home and and all of that. There was no internet. There were no mobile phones. It was literally, you know, you'd be in America for three months straight playing shows every day, doing lots of promo and, you know, really being like the hamsters on the wheel. And and you'd pull into a truck stop somewhere and throw some quarters into a phone box or try and reverse the charges to to make a two-minute call home. And and that has really changed now. You know, the ability to go away and be in touch with home all the time is is much healthier. Um, So I guess being, you know, the first eight years of the band is a super exciting time. But then we had to sort of take a sabbatical, I think, just to to take stock of where we were as people and as friends and and as fellows who had started having families and, and all of that. So we took a year out, which kind of then by the time we got back into working together again, it was about a year and a half. But that was 1994. And then we came out with another record in 1998. And since then, we haven't stopped. But since then, we've been making our own decisions about how much we work and for how long and where and all of that. So it's become a much more independent, uh, self-contained operation, you know. And I know we're very lucky to be able to get you at Free Ever Young Festival. So how do you feel about performing at the festival this year? Well, very excited. Um, I mean, it's the same people. They run these, they, they, call, them, they call them the Rewind Festivals of the UK. And, it's, you know, look, it's funny. It's an 80s kind of throwback thing, you know. And I suppose it's aimed at people that we all grew up with. Um, and, you know, while we, while we fly by the seat of our pants every single time we play, you know, we don't play a strict set list every time, but we do end up playing songs that people will know, and then we might play some of the newer songs and so on. And no two shows are ever the same and so on. So, it's, you know, our shows, by virtue of that fact, remain fresh. Nobody's going to see a song where we're, or a set where we're going to go through the motions. It'll be, it'll be different to the last time we played it, for sure. Um, so it's each each time we play is exciting. I'm speaking to you now from Worthing, which is about 20 minutes from Brighton in the south of England, and we're about 10 days into our our, our first UK tour in about five years, and it's just amazing being in, in a different place, different venues every day, getting up on a stage full of people who are so warm and enthusiastic and coming to see us night after night. So if we can bring some of that energy to Forever Young, we'll be winning. So I have to ask, what would be your favourite aspect of performing? Oh, goodness. It's, it's when you feel, it's when you get those moments where you feel like the band and the, you know, the music that's happening on the stage and the reaction from the audience is just one thing. Where you feel like you're, everyone is being transported in that same moment to the same place. And it's about joy, you know? It's about joy and uplift. And that's what that's the buzz that I look for every night when we're playing. That's such a beautiful way to put it. Oh, thank you. Well, that is how it feels, you know. I mean, and I guess the older we get, the more conscious we are of that. The more lucky we feel to be still doing what we're doing. I mean, lots, lots of bands don't survive, and you know there are pitfalls along the way. But we've survived, and and, and more than that, we've thrived and evolved, and and we're like family, really. You know, it's like. A bunch of guys who who have each other's backs at all times.
It's, it's a special thing. It is. A bond like that is unbreakable. So I guess if I could yeah. ask, in your opinion, how do you think the pandemic affected the music and how you know musicians and organizers, I guess, had to adapt to the changes? Well, I mean, the pandemic was a disaster for the music business, um, first and foremost, in terms of people not being able to work, people's livelihoods being taken away. And it's not just the bands. I mean, the bands, at least were able to get out in front, you know, stick their iPhone on and go out and do live, you know, Instagram live or Facebook live gigs and maybe try and generate some busking, some online busking, generate some income that way. But when you think of all the people who are involved behind the scenes, all the crew and all the lighting guys, the sound guys and everything, that was a very, very tough time for them. And those couple of years was a very long time. And I know that, you know, the government did come up with some schemes and, and things to 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 make amends for all of that and, and, and they're to be commended for that. You know, our, our arts minister did, did as best a job as she could and has still continues to support all of that, which is really, really worth, worth emphasizing. Um, and then, but then I think, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, it, 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 I don't think none of us in terms of the way we benefited from it was we learned how to do things in different ways. I mean, not just in music, but in every aspect of life, you know, from remote learning, from kids learning remotely at home, people working remotely instead of going into the office, they were able to stay at home and carry on working. I mean, even in my own, you know, I, 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 I work in RTE some of the time as I, I present radio programs. And even in there, you know, how people were able to adapt and, and set up little studios at home and, and, and make it work. So, you know, it was definitely a really tough time. It was a time also that was, you know, it was very joyous the way we emerged from it. Joyous and nervous all at once, I think, as well, because people were a bit scared, you know. Um, but listen, I think it's I think it's behind us now. It's well behind us now. I know there's a there's a bit of there's a bit of it still around and, and so on. But you know, so the common cold is never going to go away. Is it? <laughs> it's true. But you you put it beautifully. I like the online busking term that you use. I think that was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. we're very very excited to see you at. Forever Young Festival on Friday, July 14th. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Listen, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you, Shannon. Hot House Flowers, if you want to see them, head over to foreveryoungfestival.ie. That's it for this Thursday's show. As always, it has flown. But just before I leave you, I just want to quickly mention that Fourth Wall Leash Theatre Group present a night of variety featuring music, song and comedy in Doogie's Barahin in County Leash on Friday the 19th of May, starting at 8pm sharp. Doors open from 7.30. Tickets will be on the door on the night. And thank you to Kevin Lawler Fitzpatrick for sending that in to me. And that's it. That's all I have time for this Thursday evening. I am going to go and collect my little doggy from daycare. But coming up after the eight o'clock news is the most amazing man, Joe Cooney with Country Roads. So stick around for him. And I will be back next Thursday with more of what's happening in the arts in Leash Offaly and Westmead. I'll chat to you then.